0: My name is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland podcast. I am super excited today. We are going to talk about all things training and food safety and a million other topics right around there. Also, uh, we have Chef Brad Peters, who is the president and CEO of HRB Universal. Chef Brad, thank you so much for being here. I really am very excited to talk to you.
1: Well, great to have be on there with you today. Um, appreciate you taking time out to invite me.
0: Yeah, no, glad to have you. So I love a good chef story because I feel like chefs take a path that is a little bit different than, you know, other, I don't know, occupations, the right word, or other journeys. So how did you find yourself in food? What took you down the chef path?
1: It was never intended. My undergrad is in computer science. Me too. Um. And I actually told my father when I was graduating from high school, want to know why I didn't apply for a job at fast food restaurants. Said, I'll never serve food in my life. And I've been eating those words for 35 years.
0: <laughs> Along with some amazing food, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> uh, but uh, you no, know, when I was working in retail going through college is I was also working part time at one of the local hotels that being a dormant at a bar back and um, company that I worked for retail, went out of business, I had no job. I'm assistant manager of this retail firm and while I was going to school and they were flexible with hours and it's kind of like the general manager of the hotel said, hey, why don't you come work work for us full time? I've been trying to get you in as manager. Start behind the front desk as manager training. After two weeks, we're sitting down having lunch. He said, "I'm going to turn your life upside down." I said, "What, Larry?" He says, "Am I fired?" He said, "No, you're now the morning restaurant manager." And of course, someone in there that's still in college running a restaurant in the morning time at a hotel, the hours just don't work. Now yeah, What
0: time did you have to get up for that? Um,
1: normally, 30? I was in five thirty-six in the morning. I yet to figure out how I went through college because I know I went to work and I know I went out and partied, <laughs> but did not, um, how I finished, I've yet to figure it out.
0: I feel yeah. the exact, I I couldn't relate to the story more if I tried.
1: And most of us have, and we all figure out how to make those times go by mm-hmm. very quickly, but, um, started and just kind of worked the way up and probably, what determined me to stay in the industry was that I had people that said, You're not dedicated. I mean, at first started out at that property because the food and beverage director of that hotel was a Sheraton in Columbia, South Carolina. He did not want me in that position, he was not consulted. He did anything and everything to get me to quit. And then the next hotel I went to, Food and beverage director there rode me very hard. And they were just trying to toughen me up. It's realized, hey, this is not an easy job. Um, and just kind of went from there. It's kind of like did more for proving them wrong. Through the years.
0: All right. So then did you go through culinary school or you taught yourself?
1: It was school hard knocks in the industry. And, of course, going through getting certifications through the years yeah. um, for that. And it just became something that I enjoyed and really did not get back into the kitchen a lot until I moved to Birmingham, Alabama, as a consultant for one of the hotels here. Trying to fix their nightclub bin- business. Because at the time, I was living in South Georgia and pretty much doing a lot of work on I-95. With a lot of nightclubs and restaurants in Florida, doing consulting work, and it was mainly nightclub, and came in, got stuck in Birmingham, stayed there for 25 years. (laughs) um, Got started back into food because I saw the writing on the wall that nightclubs were not going to be nightclub as they used to be. Yeah. Um, In the late 80s, early 90s, the nightclubs, you could actually go out for happy hour, then you got a mid mid-shift, and if people aren't packed your club by midnight, you're closing down shop. Now, everybody just starts going out at midnight.
0: Yeah, nothing will make you feel old like that. So, you, you took that background and moved over onto the training, certification, education side. What, what struck your fancy about teaching other people?
1: Well, that really did not happen until about 13 years ago after I was laid off as chef for a group of country clubs in Birmingham when the economy tanked in 09. They laid me off at the end of October. I took November, December off, did a little moonlighting, helping a few friends out with catering, and started looking for a job January 1st. Um, did some private chef services, so I kept on going back and forth. So I already had my catering company and restaurant, did I wanna invest the money back into starting over again? And this firm, HRB Universal, actually started off as HRB Audit, where I was gonna do mystery shopping, audit, and so on. And business was not very good, so I started doing a little bit more training, mainly food safety manager training, using the Servsafe product. And within six months, we changed completely to a training and consulting firm. Um and 13 years now actually working on our 14th year knock on wood still here I don't know how but we're still here.
0: That's awesome. Yeah so so you focus a lot and I want to talk about the mystery shopper thing but you focus a lot on food safety is that because there's a passion in you for for that topic or is that because that's what the market really was asking for?
1: It is what the market is for because yeah. Once again, once we have government demanding certification, it's an open door. And the biggest part is capturing the people. It's not necessarily if you can give a good product or not, most of the time, is restaurateurs are looking for the cheapest price out there and when it's available true um, for that. Because we have competitors all over the U.S. I personally cover about nine states. Um, it's a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Well, like I said, it depends on what's booking. Tomorrow, I'll be in Gulfport, Mississippi. Next week on Tuesday, Columbus, Georgia. Then up into North Carolina with a, two, a couple of operations. Then going back down and then northern Mississippi. So it's kind of like I never know where I'm at.
0: So, you know, as I was writing my questions, which I always do before these one of the questions that I have for a little ways from now is, you know, and you already kind of mentioned it, is that the government regulations really start to drive the training that people get, right? The what what restaurateurs are willing to buy or pay for for their staff. How, how did that happen? Like, how did how did we get to a place where kind of learning the right things to do for the industry isn't isn't the default?
1: Well. The reason. Am I
0: asking that
1: that reasonably? I understand where you're coming from. Is most people get food service because they've got a good barbecue recipe. They smoke meat good. They bake cakes. I cook at home. Why can't I make a business out of it? So no one's professionally trained. They don't know what food safety is. Right. Where do they learn food safety with mom and grandma? And I'm going to show the southern part of me. I don't care if you kill your cousin. Don't come to work and kill my customer. can we get that
0: on a (laughs) t-shirt
1: got a few of those um is but once again is in getting people to understand that they think just because they cook at home doesn't mean that they can do it professionally and the cooking part in a restaurant is a simple part it's all the other things that are out there And most people see that in these uh, reality shows that are out there uh, when they go to remodel restaurants, is what do we need to fix fix your problem out there? They don't understand. And um, that's become more and more of a issue out there. But still, it's what is mandated. And of course, in different every state is independent, so it depends on where it is. Here in the state of Florida, give you a prime example, is they require both employee training, which is a food handler, and food manager certification. Right. But their health inspections are pass, pass with conditions, and fail. And they don't have to post their health inspection report to the public. But
0: do they have to it, tell you if you ask?
1: Um no. It's a yeah. record on, it's record of the state, they can research. There, but if they have violations where they're, the regulatory does not feel that they're safe enough, they have administrative fines, and they can get very expensive. yeah Versus, in a lot of states, they may have a number grade or mm-hmm. a letter, grade. and people mm-hmm. prey on those. I mean, they just go and said, "Hey, we've got to have it," and they see a B. They don't understand that something very simple can be a um, B or C. And once again, if a restaurateur is not mandated to do it, they're not going to do it. Why spend the money? Okay. It's just like with um, alcohol training. Unless the state requires it, they're not going to do it. And some states like the state of Texas requires it. Anybody that touches alcohol has to have a bar card. Um, And there's some counties in the state of Arizona where you're at require it. But yet, some states don't require it. It's a condition to help you get out of a lawsuit, possibly, or if you serve somebody underage. It's a mitigating circumstance, and same with food allergy training, which we're all very familiar with. And that's mm-hmm. your second, your second hat. <laughs> um,
0: Major part of my hat. That's true.
1: The um, but once again is if it's not mandated, they're not going to do it. California, out there. Chicago, well Illinois, as well as New York one okay. County in Maryland. Mm-hmm. There's only one county in Maryland that mandates it. And nowhere else in the state does. So once again, it is until they say, Hey, you have to do this, it's not going to be voluntarily.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the way that you're talking, I was going to ask you, like, kind of what percentage of restaurateurs do you feel like go above and beyond what they're mandated to do? It doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a super high percentage there.
1: Not with independents. It's corporate operations go above and beyond because they're trying to protect a brand.
0: Well, that and it's hard to keep track of every single jurisdiction. Right. So you may as well just you know, kind of a common denominator.
1: And most of the time with food safety training is if you're a brand out there, if you run a shift or carry keys, you have to have food manager certification and Yeah, no no. As, as, as we go by. Um, but once again, is what they're not going to do unless they have to.
0: So what are kind of the most common in, in the industry? What are the most common like misconceptions or mistakes that restaurants are making that uh, you see?
1: Uh, misuse of gloves. Um, eating and drinking while they're preparing food or not there. Because once again, our hand-to-mouth contact is where the biggest issues are. Our mouths are very dirty. That's why mom and grandma wash your mouth out. You have food <laughs> in your mouth. Um is because that's where the problem is. We get when COVID happened, it was a virus. And what was the first thing regulatory told us to come out and do? Wash, wash our your hands.
0: hands.
1: Yeah. So many people did not do not wash their hands properly. And people got a little bit more lax. And then turned the whole US went berserk on wearing gloves. And the problem was. Is they were doing everything with gloves? Yeah, so which makes
0: it no different than hands.
1: Because if you don't feel it on your hands, you're not going to wash them. You're not going to wash them. Um, it, right, but I mean, if
0: you touch your glove, the same place. I mean, the same virus gets or whatever the problem is, right? Gets carried what, along
1: with restaurants. Well, I hated having people that worked in restaurants wearing masks? Yeah, it was a nice, warm, fuzzy for the customer. But problem was, is they pull it down with gloves on put it right back up over their nose and they're not changing don't their change gloves. the gloves and they got boogies all over their hands yep don't, well don't you like my scientific words i do i do uh,
0: yeah of all the things that i could think of that i thought you might answer that question with gloves would not have been on that list but you're so right they they never change them
1: it's simple things um one of the other things that's very simple is chemicals sitting around and I'm going to give you a prime example referencing back to COVID. During COVID, we went out as a society and bought every other hand sanitizer we could Mm -hmm. put our hands on. But how many times was a bottle of hand sanitizer in a restaurant sitting right next to the pitcher of iced tea (laughs) or the to-go cups or whatever? And nobody thought about it. But until that hand sanitizer air dries, it's in chemical state
0: and therefore kind of a poison to the people it might hit.
1: Bingo. And that's a 3 point violation.
0: Regardless of what the chemical is, right? Yeah, so is yeah, you don't want to drink hand sanitizer in your iced tea.
1: You? Bingo. But once again, people don't think, "Well, I got to put it on my hands to be safe." They don't think about these simple things. But and it's just like eating and drinking and I'll I'll let you move on in a second since I finish saying Eating and drinking.
0: no i'm i like this game i was going to tell you to give me more examples this is fun uh-huh.
1: when you're eating and drinking people don't think about it what's the first thing they do when they get up in the morning get a cup of coffee get a mm-hmm. dying coat mm-hmm. maybe a red bull they're mm-hmm. grilling out with their buddies maybe drinking a beer Drinking a glass of wine and still my favorite joke is when you cook a romantic dinner you get the moonshine out Man, i gotta be romantic <laughs> with my spouse um gotta make the dinner romantic somehow right is um why not
0: moonshine huh
1: it's a hand-to-mouth contact
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um because our mouths are very dirty we do whatever with them and these are simple things but you turn around take not washing your hands after drinking a drinking out of a cup you can lose eight points on a on a health graded health inspection Total. Seriously? Seriously, two point. Because if I drink out of a cup and I sit in the wrong place, it's not a designated area in a restaurant, you lose two points.
0: So I set down my drink. Before walk- I can and touch anything, I have to go wash my hands.
1: Bingo. And if you don't wash your hands, there's another four points. And if you had gloves on and did that, that's another two points.
0: If I change my gloves, do I still have to wash my hands? Yes. So, drink, gloves off, wash hands, gloves on, keep going.
1: Oh, what, yeah, bingo. But once again, people don't think about it. Nobody does
0: that. Yeah.
1: They don't think about it. You add those eight points, with the three points with a hand sanitizer sitting somewhere, that's 11 points. That's wow. an eight nine. That's a B on the wall in a restaurant. Yeah. And those two things do not. Cost people money to fix. It's just paying attention,
0: right? And there are things that you know. If you were watching the kitchen operate, like you know, an open kitchen kind of concept where you can see, you probably wouldn't even notice it.
1: And just like, I mean, not go- from
0: a health inspector perspective, but from a customer perspective,
1: I'll give you a prime example: is someone will freak out if they don't see a pair of gloves on when they're using a pair of tongs put something on someone's plate, but yet at a bar. The bartender makes a drink and puts a lemon or a lime yep. or garnish on your drink and doesn't think about it. That lemon or lime is ready to eat food. With them using those tongs, that's your barrier where you would not necessarily get sick. Yeah,
0: bartender's hands are in everything.
1: People don't think about it. Sure. It's perception. Um, and that's why the public, and during COVID, it, people freaked out with gloves. And it just drove me crazy. I had someone got on the neighbor's app and complaining about the, button, the person at the grocery store not wearing gloves, stocking the grocery shelves. They were not physically touching their food. It was right. in a box. And I finally just gave up telling them. Finally, somebody else chimed in and says, just go shop somewhere else if you don't like it.
0: Yeah, and the presence of gloves doesn't really protect anything if you're not doing all the right things about having the gloves on
1: correct
0: that's so fascinating yeah but not the answers i was expecting and i love when that happens expecting? i don't know something about like meat temperatures or like changing knives with raw chicken or i
1: i don't know well, when that happens but people are more aware of it because they can yeah. think of
0: it. see i'm one of those people that didn't think about it you're right yeah,
1: but it's just the simple little things of what screws up a restaurant's health inspection yeah it's, it's fascinating
0: good. You need to make like a branding thing, like HRB universal, because people don't think about it. You know, it's your new tagline. I like
1: it. No, I have have another tagline, but it may not be appropriate for your age group.
0: (laughs) Well, now I need to know.
1: HRB, we're here because you're a dumbass.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the less kind way to say what I said.
1: (laughs) Hey, as I've gotten older, I'm turning into red from the 70s show
0: hilarious
1: and that's uh yes
0: <laughs> it's so funny
1: dumbass
0: so let's talk about mystery shopper that okay. has got to be so fun so just in case anybody doesn't know and just to clarify between you and me this is when a store or a restaurant pays you to go be a customer and whoever it is that's serving you has no idea what you're there for they think you're just a regular old customer and then you give them all of your observations and places where they could make improvement or changes or whatever, yes?
1: Correct. And that actually, those type of services are very minimal anymore because of social media being out there because every, customer, every person that goes out to eat is a mystery shopper. Yeah. Because they get on social media, they take pictures, everything. I mean, your prime example, is when Popeye's came out with a chicken sandwich. Is someone, saw someone in the kitchen making the chicken sandwiches on a sheet pan that was sitting on top of a trash can.
0: I'm sure you had thoughts about that.
1: Is and within two days, and of course, you know, corporate Popeye's Mm -hmm. probably shoot out the franchisee. In two days... They uploaded a picture of the same person making chicken sandwiches on a sheet pan on a stainless steel table. Um, but once again, is the customer saw that that's always there. But what's so bad with the customer being that mystery shopper now and posting reviews is the business does not have a chance to go back and fight them because it could be a false review. In fact, we're fighting one right now for someone for certification. They're not even one of our clients, and it's posted on Google. Frustrating. And fighting with Google to get it down. If not really, I may have to have our attorney get in touch with Google's legal team to get the person's name and email address, so we can file a lawsuit against them. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Oh, I don't take that. I, I take that very serious.
0: No doubt. No doubt, yeah. Um,
1: that's one thing a lot of businesses, and I stress small businesses, is they have to have a decent social media policy for their staff and have always NDAs for their staff. That's part of our consulting gig. Here we go, let's get it done. You don't think about it as a business, but once again, is you don't need an employee running their mouth. Truth. And most corporations, corporate restaurants now have an NDA. An employee signs and they don't realize they sign it, just with all their new hire paperwork.
0: Yeah, along with their firstborn child. Yeah, there's so many things like that, right, where people don't really realize it, but no, it's important. What else like that do you recommend? You know, the social media, um, the non disclosures with employees. I think I agree with you. The mystery shopper, I think, is a super cool thing, not just for the company not having a chance to kind of rectify the issue, but um, also because you have somebody who actually knows what they're looking for, as opposed to something that just struck somebody's mood wonky one day.
1: Correct. And once again, that that's there. But once again, the days of that happening are very few. Retail still uses a lot of mystery shopping. Um, but food service, very little because of social media. Yeah. Because one thing with food service that people don't realize they think restaurants make all this money the industry average profit is seven and a half percent
0: oh wow i would have guessed lower
1: it is lower now that used to be but of course with raising wages and cost of goods Mm -hmm. it's tough out there no doubt and um and what's terrible is with that happening and the raise of wages, people with everything that's happened on, with people not worrying work and in someone from COVID, not trying to get political, but once again, it's been very hard for the restaurant industry to recruit mm-hmm. people. Yep. And most managers now are not managers. They don't have a clue what it is to be a manager. Is their a key holder? They can't think about something. It's just like if a restaurant runs out of onion rings, they may use a pre-breaded product that's frozen commercial process. I'm out of it. No, you're not. You go to the store and buy onions, or you have onions, you have flour, you may have a them. fryer. Okay, It's just like I went in uh, a few weeks back, stopped at a quick service restaurant, and went through their drive through. and this is the middle of lunch. They had no soft drinks their soft drink machine was down. If I was a general manager or even the manager on duty, there's a grocery store that has two and three liter soft drinks. Right. You go buy them. Go buy them. Because how many people turn around got very irritated with them?
0: Yeah. And then come the social media reviews.
1: And the, lo- and the loss of business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, We're, in fact, actually, July 1st, I'm actually launching a boot camp for restaurateurs and hotel people and bar people. Um, Anything related to the food service industry, I'll go in one day, observe the whole day, open to close. Then I'm going to work with every one of the managers they have on staff for a full week to teach them how to be a manager to think with real life situations they have happen. I mean, yeah. I checked. I mean, once again, is I checked into a hotel one time and came down. This particular brand, coming out of COVID, like I said, they were supposed to initiate food service back again. And by July first, they were supposed to have it in place. This was October. I came down to get something uh, from the hotel restaurant, and they had the bar open, but no food. I asked front desk. I see is there a manager on duty? Manager It says, You're supposed to have this required by the brand. Well, we don't have a high enough occupancy to have food and beverage food available. That's in your mind. You don't tell a customer that.
0: Right.
1: That's why these people have become key holders. Or they're the one person that showed up to work and they got promoted. And they're not thinking for themselves as a manager
0: so what's your favorite customer aha story like when when the light went on you know what i'm talking about right you're in you're helping them you're consulting with them and the switch has flipped
1: um as soon as i put a dollar figure to it (laughs) when you start explaining this is how much money you just lost or how much money you can make it, it it gets their attention very, very quickly. Um, in fact, Robert Irvine does that with Restaurant Impossible. He goes mm-hmm. through the menu costing. This is what our cost is. This is what we're going to retail. This is how much is on your bottom line once you sell that dish. And people don't, they don't think about it. Because once again, mm-hmm. if they're an independent restaurant, they don't know how to price out menus or drinks or anything where they actually make profit. Okay? Of course, beverages in a restaurant are not that expensive. But they put a big markup on it because that's where they can make up some of the money on the bottom line. Could you tell me how they can serve a small soft drink and a jumbo soft drink for 99 cents at a McDonald's and make the same amount of profit? They're not it's a gimmick to get you in and so on, but they still have pretty much that cup, that small cup costs as much as that jumbo cup. And that's where their cost is. Those cups cost more than the beverage itself.
0: Yeah. So interesting. So many things that like so many places we could go. I love this. Uh, So how can everybody find you? How can they connect online with you and uh, become one of your customers so that they can all fix all the issues?
1: Well, very simple. I mean, we're on a, every social media channel. Just Google HRB, you and I, dot um, com for our website or search HRB Universal, all one word. Um, out there, you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, we even have a mobile app we use for training as well as consulting work for our clients and future clients, which is HRB Universal uh we're very very accessible if you're wanting even if you went in and just type serve safe in the name of the city we're going to be on the first couple pages on google and ding perfect
0: okay. well then i'm very excited to hear what your two truths and a lie are going to be and i kind of am secretly hoping that they're food safety related but <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> <laughs> maybe next time because we're gonna have to do this again uh because i know you got more stories for me so in no particular order, and don't tell us the answer. Three facts about yourself and one that's not true.
1: Okay. Um, I'm a fantastic dancer. I wanted to be a t- become a TV chef at one time. And I started bartending and barbacking when I was 17, underage.
0: Uh-oh. We got trouble in the two truths and a lie. Well, thank you so much, Brad. I really appreciate you being here. This is fascinating. And I love hearing all the stories and all the all the mishaps. Um, we're definitely gonna have to do this again at some point if you'd like to. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sticking around, Brad. Thank you. It's been the Shandy Shandyland Podcast and we'll talk to you soon.